0: yeah 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 this rapper big pool live from nc and right now y'all checking out tissue in the tape podcast y'all know what that auto reverse do click click
1: this should be played at high volume preferably in a residential area like we always do about this time catching shit off the radio put the tissue in the tissue on the
0: top they don't know about that respect click homies respect People keep asking if I'm back, and I haven't really had an answer, but now, yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. Philmatic,
1: Davis backwards, Gandhi, Hip Hop 365. You know, the time is the tissue and the tape. Adjust my tally and twine and design the great metaphors that are rape like cosplay. For me, conventions to display my conviction upon it MCs are written in bit and peace like Gandhi. For seat at the table, getting mills of Who hunger strikes against it. I guess it's the intro.
0: What are they? What are
2: they? What are they? What are they? What are they? What are they?
0: What are they? What are they? What are they? My mind is a mental science. Put you in check for non compliance. A year removed, now every month I'm checking health Too many debits on my credit, far from wealth And that's just simply money speaking Left a dead, homie, no beacon Just when I felt that I had started peeking. Tap the snooze button, half sleeping Even Bernie food before a weekend No puppeteers here, everything you see Not exactly as it appears At the bar every night, and I ain't talking about tears. I'm trying to reach new heights, so fuck fear with a sick dick, you can't tell me shit about life. Almost lost mine. Instead, I just lost time. Reconfigurated. Got on the way. I think he procrastinated. Faith never faded. I remember every doubt. of when I make it to the finish line, this is
2: halftime. Recording live from somewhere, is the world's famous T-I-T-T is home team in the motherfucking house. No question. As always, it's Davis ah State your name, gangsta. Philmatic 365 aka your third cousin removed yes sir uh we got a special guest with us tonight Philmatic. tell the people about it
1: man you already know man uh when we started this hip-hop thing vibe we did this because for the love of MCing, we did it because we cared about the lyrics we cared about what matters with the skills first over everything and the gentleman i got tonight is uh He's one half or one third, depending on how you look at it, of one of the illest to ever do it in this hip hop game. One of the best groups, period, excluding nobody. We talking about the long lineage from starting with that native tongues, then moving into those early 90s, into those uh, early 2000s. Ladies and gentlemen, I have one... Half or one third of the legendary little brother rapper Big
2: Pooh. Let's go,
0: man. Thank y'all for having me, man. Already man,
2: you for your time, man. Uh, been a long time coming. We, we've uh, definitely had you on the list of guys that we wanted to sit down and have a conversation with. So, man, thank you again for your yes, time, sir. Oh, man, uh, it's all good.
1: Yeah, man, the Apollo list vibe it, yeah. it, 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 it keeps uh growing, man. Um, hey, rapper, man, it's crazy. We have. Starting with uh, Razzcast. Um mm-hmm. our f- actual first guests uh, five years ago, six years ago. Then uh, we've had Rhapsody, but specifically with the Apollo list, it's kind of funny because we, we it, it happened kind of organically. Everybody that's done a solo album or a collab album with Apollo has been on the show. Uh, yeah. So so you uh, we just had Shay on. Uh, our last, our last episode, Shade Noir, who's the most recent to do a collab album with Apollo. So you're in that long lineage. Um, so we had Sky on, we had OC on. Um, it's just crazy, man. Planet Asia, uh, lots. No. Of them. Yeah, ready? man. So welcome, man. Welcome it. to the uh, in, in Apollo himself. So yeah, man. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, but we talking, we talking to you now. We talking about we're gonna, we gonna get into uh the lb business we're gonna talk about the uh solo career you as rapper poo manager big poo um getting all that but um let's take it all the way back man we 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 are uh traditionalists and we like to talk about how this today actually as we record this is uh hip-hop's birthday uh so August eleventh, nineteen seventy three, is considered the official birthday of uh, hip hop. So, happy birthday to uh, this thing of ours! And uh, we want to start. Uh, what made you fall in love with this? Uh, the way we put it is, um, Spider Man got bit by the radioactive spider. What was that for you in terms of hip hop?
0: Um, I think it was the stories, man. Um, as a kid i didn't really travel um outside of the state or, or i'm i'm born in virginia northern virginia so wow. I, outside of that dmv area and then going down to virginia beach the furthest i had been up until i was probably like 22 years old was from northern virginia to north carolina um I used to come down to North Carolina during the summers. Uh, my uncles were stationed in uh, Jacksonville, North Carolina, but I think it was just the stories, man. It allowed me to visit other places without ever leaving my home. Um, just learning about New York, learning about Los Angeles, learning about Chicago, learning about Houston, learning about Port Arthur, Texas, just learning about all those different places and never having to leave my my home. and. And then it, it it shows you how much uh, the music affects you, because I was going on all them trips mentally listening to music. When I actually started to go to you know them different cities, what's the first thing you do. You looking around, yo, take me to Queensbridge, <laughs> take me to Brooklyn, take me uh-huh, to Marcy, see take if me they to, match. see if they match. You know what 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 you was hearing this whole time, and you know just riding by places and saying, oh man, that's the street you know, Jay was talking about, you know, on such and such songs. So um, I think that's what really did it for me, man. Like I said, just the stories and, and the storytelling. I, I was always a writer by nature, just um, uh, poems, short stories, just all different types of creative writing. Um, so just hearing Nas, hearing Ice Cube, hearing Slick Rick, just hearing them, them guys kind of really painted pictures for me and, and show me that you can put stories inside of music and, and it still can be effective. So that was probably it for me. Like the thing that really, you know, reeled me in.
1: No doubt. Yeah, man. Uh, you you find that uh, the place that you're from in the places that you hear about are very similar. It's just like the slang might be a little different, but all in all, you know, we were connected through that music because I... I I feel very much the same way, man. Like hearing about Compton from from Cube and then hearing about like Dre and Big Boy talk about Atlanta and you know, like explaining like, like I was like, oh man, I was on that street that they talking about, man, where, you know, that he talk about elevators, you know? So it was, it was it's pretty cool, man. But I, I agree, definitely agree with that.
0: Definitely, man. You know, what would what, uh, what DJ Quick say? You know, it's just like Compton. Just you know, like Compton. Every, every, every every city you go to, you know. For you, sure. You, oh. I, I, I was having this conversation the other overnight. It was like, you know, when you when you really haven't been anywhere, and you know, you go through your own city and you see the bad parts, you see the good parts, and, and, and you know, you like, man, ain't no city like this.
2: And then you go to
0: another city, and it's like, damn, yeah. it's it just might like be worse that. than that you know, <laughs> <laughs> like. like it's, 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 it happens all the time, man. But you know, definitely, you know, music. Like I said, man, music is just one of them, one of them forms of expression that allows you to visit places without leaving the comfort of your home, man. And it's so, you know, it, for me, it was it was eye opening.
2: Right. For sure. Now, anybody that that knows your story, and I guess people that are gonna learn a little about about your story now, they know that you're a tremendous. Uh, sports mind, man. You, you got you got a lot of knowledge when it comes to sports, and you're, you're a, a fan when it comes to sports, man. Did did sports have that same type of um, impact on you uh, as far as like being able to, to, to travel and take you other places, take you out of where you were in Northern Virginia when you were a kid, too? Nah, man. Sports. I mean, I, lo- I love sports as you mentioned, but for me, it was
0: just the spirit of competition that really. Did it for me with sports. Like that's all I, you know, I watch anything. Well, especially right now, but I watch anything <laughs> competitive. You know what I'm saying? And and I just think that was the edge for me is just that um, that competitive drive. And then just seeing how people, I think the work ethic is what rubbed off on me from sports. Is just how seeing how people dedicate themselves to a game. You know what I mean? Like you dedicate your life your fitness, your nutrition, your your everything, you dedicate to a game. And I was like, I gotta take that same approach with music, is I gotta dedicate myself to music. And that's, you know, I, I took that over from sports.
2: There's a lot of parallels, you know, often there's an adage that, you know, rappers wanna be athletes, athletes wanna be rappers. Um, we're kinda seeing, we're kinda in a moment now where we're seeing one of the, one of the best, uh, athlete rappers ever uh kind of kinda take over uh, as far as dame Lillard. So it's been cool to kinda see um, you know, someone that's extremely skilled in one thing that we love also be uh extremely skilled and, you know, show his talents um in Legend another area. definitely man. Shout shout to uh Dame on the on the on the um, you know, birthday of hip hop. It's kinda cool to see him dominating the bubble. Um so Pooh, man, um you know, well, obviously, we wanted, we got some sports questions for you. We definitely got to talk to you about that, but it, um, let's just take it back. Let's get it way, <laughs> just get
1: it out the way, man. Just get it
2: out the way. Wait, wait, get the sports questions out the way. You, you, you know, you know the question.
1: There's, there's only one. Who? All i right, let's. I'm gonna, i I'm, a, I'm a do it.
2: Cause, all right, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead.
1: Because we had this conversation with Rapsy, and she, she broke my heart. You're in North Carolina. This dude, somehow, someway, he's a, he a fan of the historically white Duke University. <laughs> and um, I'm a fan of the, the people's champ, uh, the North Carolina Tar Heels. Who? Come on, man. What's up?
0: I'm a, I'm a university in Maryland Terrapin, baby. Okay.
1: <laughs> I, 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 I'll, I'll take that, I'll man. take it. I'll take
0: it. <laughs> I, I'll you take know, it. As long as you didn't say them dudes. I, I've been in I've been in North Carolina for now 20, 20 probably 20 years solid, and um, I'm still not a fan of any North Carolina team. Okay. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> like, it's, just, it's not going to happen for me. You know, I, I respect the rivalries, I respect the legacies and all the different things, but nah, I'm, I'm, I'm still sticking with the teams I was with before I came to North Carolina.
2: And that, that's that's what's that, up, man. That's terrapins, and then who is it for you for just like pro sports?
0: Uh, for pro sports is Washington football team now. Oh, no. uh, <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, how do you
2: that's feel that's about what... that, man?
1: Because we got a we got a great friend of ours that's like die hard uh, Washington football organization, or as I like to call them, the OG Americans. Um, so how did how did you feel about the name and then the ultimate name? Uh,
0: change or I guess kind of in limbo right now but um um, I mean for me personally man I'm not big on you know super PC culture but at the same time I do you know understand that that name just you know how offensive it was and I always put it in perspective like what if you know a team was called you know the you know Washington niggas or something you know what I mean so um, I just had to look at it like that. So, I mean, for me, I don't care about the name. Just don't pick nothing whack, man. Like, I, I you know, going from Redskins to whatever, I'm I'm cool with that. You know, I, I'm. The history doesn't change for the team, just the right. name. It's just like, I mean, I lived through a name change in one of my favorite teams. The Washington Bullets became the Washington Wizards. You know what yeah. I mean? So, right. for me, it's it's all one and the same. I'm not the name on the jersey is whatever. You know, I'm I'm repping for the city, so yeah, Um, Salute. You know, I just ho- I hope they pick something cool. You know, red tails, red hawks, red wolves. I don't, whatever. Just as long as they can keep the colors and and, and keep use of the R. You know, I'm good. I'm good to go. Yeah. Some
1: Central High School colors.
2: Uh, that, <laughs> all
0: day, all day. Um,
2: you did, you did, you did make a good point because they were kind of throwing out warriors out there. You can't you can't keep the R. Yeah, of the Warriors. yeah, nah, nah, man. the Warriors don't need to be it, man. That, that's
0: I mean, you know, at the end of the day, I think they they're smart. You know, just taking that time and really yeah. trying to, you know, figure it out. But they also smart in making sure that they move away from any name that can be associated with Native American culture. Yeah. And you know that that's what got you here in the first place. So you might as well. I mean. If for anything, I mean, we all know it was a money decision at the end of the day, a business decision, but I think this is going to help rejuvenate them. I mean, for as long as I remember growing up, it was a waiting list to get season tickets. It was a waiting list to get anything redskin related. And the last couple of years, there's been more opponent fans in the stadium than, yeah. you know, home team fans. So yeah. this, was, this was the perfect time for a rebirth. You know, you got a new coach, new front office, you know the whole sexual assault thing that came out man you got the name change hey man just just bathing in the blood of jesus start over man <laughs> 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 <All right. laughs> oh, wash it ring it out spin it start over and, yeah. and so I, I think i think that was that was a good step in the right direction hopefully when in some of them fans that stopped coming to the stadium when we allowed to go to the stadium again but yeah, you know. Hopefully, it brings some of them people back into the building, and you know, I think they're gonna be all right. They still top twenty, you know, grossing team or top twenty oh, yeah, for uh, sure. Marks, team yeah. worth, you yeah. know, in in the in the sports period. Right. So this is just gonna help them out.
2: Um, is is the is the quarterback that can lead you to the playoffs on your roster right now? I think so. Alex um, Smith. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> I mean I'm happy I'm happy Crazy for league. Alex Smith. I'm
0: happy for Alex Smith. You know, he he definitely, you know, battled from a gruesome injury that could have yeah. took his leg. You yeah, know, yeah. forget playing football again. It could have changed his way of life. Yeah. So to see him battle back and, and you know, to come this far to where he's been cleared to to practice. Um, I just think I don't mind having Alex Smith on the team because I believe he's a good mentor for young QBs. He never shunned young QBs, like, I'm still trying to ball I ain't teaching you nothing. You know, look what he did for Patrick Mahomes. So, I think cat that having, before that. Yeah, and Cat before that. So, I think having him on the team, you know, for a young Cat like Dwayne Haskins, he probably was in his ear and helped him change some of his habits. And, yeah. you know, he came back in better shape, trying to be a better leader and all those different things. I think it's, it's nothing but positive. And it's, you know, you always need competition. No, no matter if you think to spot yours or, or, you know, you the last person on the roster, I think competition is good for everybody. And so just having Alex back in the building as a player, um, an active player, I think will help everybody. It'll help the offense. It'll help uh, Dwayne. It'll help, you know, Alex. It'll help the team, period. Yeah. But regardless of who quarterback in this year, they're going to have to lean on that defense. So I seen Trent, Trent Dilfer go to the Super Bowl, Robert Johnson. I've seen a few game managers go to the Super
2: Bowl Uh, with. uh, Jimmy G?
0: Yeah, with magnificent, magnificent defenses. Uh, I I think (laughs) think (laughs) if they they defense come to play and they get that ball Mm -hmm. to, uh, they get that rock to Adrian Peterson, um, you know, I think we'll be okay.
2: How many many weeks do you think they play before they have to shut down or, or, or restructure things? Ah, shit, and they <laughs>
0: may get through too, right? I, I don't you know,
1: think they. I don't even think they're gonna
0: start, though. I, I, the only reason why I think they're gonna start is because there's no preseason games, so right. I think they're gonna make it through at least a week or two. The problem is this, man. The bubble has sh- the, the NBA and the NHL has shown people, and I think soccer league, right. one of the major league soccer leagues, they have shown people that with a bubble or two bubbles, like in hockey. This can work because you have more control over the environment. When you leave all these players up to their own, you know, vices, man. A lot of them just don't make smart decisions,
1: right? No. <laughs> you know, and
0: foot, football
2: <laughs> niggas already don't make smart decisions. Nah, <laughs> like, they just, when they it's just all don't all outside.
0: Yeah, they just don't make smart decisions, man. So,
2: like the Cardinals haven't played in three weeks, and they they had gone to the casino before they had their little outbreak.
0: Yeah, it's just like. Like what are you doing? Like this yeah. is a pandemic, man, and you know, I, I get it, you know, we all, you know, had uh, have cabin fever to an extent, but you know, this your livelihood you putting on the line at the end of the day. This your health and your livelihood that you putting on the line and yeah, they I mean, I, a lot of paper. I can only imagine, you know, the season getting shut down and some player that was in line to make eighteen million only gonna get a three hundred and fifty thousand dollar stipend, like you're gonna be ready to choke somebody out of there the day. You know what yeah.
2: I mean? Like, yeah. but the right the writing's on do the wall. Job. The writing's on the wall. We of know course. it's we know it's gonna happen. It's like why are these why is these why are these owners so dumb? Or why they why don't they care enough to try to circumvent this?
0: Um you know, unions and and I'm I'm for unions, but unions make things tough. And the players don't want, you know, the players in baseball, they didn't want to bubble system you know i'm assuming football don't want to i mean because it it, it do take you away from your family you know you gotta look at these nba players like for those you know they've been in the bubble already what like almost two months Yeah. and um you know families don't even get to come in until after the first round so they still got at least another two weeks two two and a half weeks before their families can even come to the bubble for those that make it that far so You know it's tough for some people you know they need their family their families around them you know that's their that's the way they get away when they come up off the field or the quarter or whatever so i get it man I, I see it from both sides you know i don't believe any college or high school kids should be playing right now um you know whatever decisions grown people make because this is like it's a lot of money on the line so whatever decisions they make that's you know they're grown for folks sure. they're adults they can make that but College athletes, high school athletes, none of them should be playing right now no, no, or this you, fall.
1: You know, what some athletic directors are already trying to figure it out. Well, well maybe if like they, because they they counting them dollars, but must be money. You know what it is.
0: Like yeah. you know, the you know the players want to play because they know that for 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 bulk of them, this is their this is their audition tape for the next level. Right. Yeah. And and so that's that's their. You know that's what's pushing them to play, motivation for them to play. For anybody that isn't a player, their motivation is money, man. It ain't nothing else. It's money. Absolutely, man. Them,
1: uh, them libraries don't build themselves on, on University of Texas campus and get the libraries,
0: them, them, um the million dollar homes and them, right. you know, them, them, them oh, trips yeah. and. Them. Uh, them kids' Nick, Nick, private schools don't pay for themselves. Yeah, that's, Nick, that's Nick Saban,
1: the, uh, that still trips me out. He's the uh, highest-paid state employee in Alabama, y'all. <laughs> Nick Saban. Yeah. It's a few
0: coaches that's the highest-paid employees in that state. Mm-hmm. You know, quite a few coaches. Yeah. For sure. Yeah.
2: Well, all right, you guys heard it here first. Uh, who said, man, we're probably going to get a couple weeks. So uh, fantasy football, uh, go ahead and uh, stock up on those first couple weeks and then don't worry about anything else. <laughs> at all that's how i see it that's how I see
0: we, it. we 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 definitely not making it to the end of nobody season it's, it's just not that's a that's a that's a dream yeah and and we like i said we'll be lucky if we get two weeks out of this
2: thing yeah um well uh we still got the sports segment now we had to do it man just because i mean yeah. we, even prior to you know just uh how you have really extended your career as far as solo wise? Like we always knew, you know, like you said, like give give you a sports channel, you know, and you know something good to eat, man. You know you're good, so we always man. knew that, that you was the guy, like that we could you know always talk sports with, and that's our other yep. love as far as hip hop. So
1: yeah, man, because like like if I if maybe I read this wrong, but I always heard like Fonte, he's not a sports dude,
0: right? Nah, not at all. He he's there so hi- for the li- for the highlight plays.
1: So so, how did that work with y'all? Like, when y'all on the road, like, and you like you try to see like like uh, you know Washington versus Philly, and and this dude try to watch like like uh, good times or something.
0: (laughs) Um, well, fortunately, um, me and Fonte were only roommates on the road, probably like two two times, and that was by accident. Um, (laughs) we weren't we weren't roommates on the road. We tried to we tried to group people. You know, in our early years when we when we traveled and have roommates, we tried to group people by obviously how they, you know, their chemistry was with each other, but also um their likes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Gotcha. If, if the only like you room with Tay if you just music twenty-four seven. Like if that ain't your world, you don't room with him. <laughs> like that's not the guy you go room with. So gotcha. For me, it's sports. So if you know if sports on, I'm trying to watch it. Um, so that's that's kind of how we worked on the road, man. Like we didn't, we weren't roommates, we didn't. I mean, to, to be honest with you, Tay and I don't have, I mean, we have more in common now as we're older, you know, we're both 40, 41 years old. But when we were younger, man, we didn't have a tremendous amount in common. Like it was, I was the go out guy, the sports guy, drink, Tay didn't drink, Tay didn't care about going out, Tay didn't watch sports, Tay was music 24-7. So that was like, it was a a weird dynamic, but it worked. Um, Now it's a little different because we're older and, you know, more mature and spend more time talking about life shit and going to cities and actually going to see things and, and visit monuments or whatever. But yeah, when we were young, man, we were just... We just click clicked up with whoever was their interests aligned with our interests and that's who you rocked with when you was on tour.
2: Gotcha. Speaking of being being young, man, we gotta talk to you about HBCUs and you know they've been in the news right before, you know, everything got crazy. Uh we we see um you know Chris Paul now. He's he's doing I can't, his amp- I can't hear you. Uh-oh, hold on. Uh can you hear me now? Can you hear me? Okay, sound um, back. Okay. Oh, you you good? Okay. Yeah, yeah cool, sound cool, cool. bad. Okay. Uh, I was just saying, uh talking about HBCUs. We know you guys attended one, uh, North Carolina Central. Phil and I, uh, we met at Hampton University, late 90s. So we were yeah, around yeah. the same age, same thing. Um, man, talk to us about uh just being on an HBCU campus and how does it make you feel to see um, you know, some of the spotlight being put on it. As I was saying, uh Chris Paul's doing a campaign where he's kind of highlighting a lot of the, the HBCUs and then you see maker maker, you know, making that huge announcement recently as far as uh, possibly, you know, um, you know, committing and then possibly going, you know, once he's able to.
0: Uh, I think it's dope, man. Um, I mean, my experience at an HBCU, I, I hadn't, you know, other than different world, the TV show, I hadn't had any, you know, Same. experience, you know, with, with, you know, college was college for me, you know, right. no matter where it was. And, um, my senior year of high school, I started to learn a little bit about HBCUs. My guidance counselor wanted me to go to St. Paul's um in Virginia. No longer no longer in operation, but they she wanted me to go there cuz it was a smaller school and and I was like, "Man, I ain't going nowhere where I got more kids in my graduating class than they're going to have in <laughs> the whole school yard. <laughs> That's how um but I had I applied and was accepted to Norfolk State. And I applied and was accepted to uh, Old Dominion. And my choice was Old Dominion. I wanted to go to the bigger school.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, but last minute, you know, rest in peace, uh, deacon at my church at the time, he ended up getting me into North Carolina Central on a, um, on a scholarship through somebody else, another deacon from my church. So my first time going to North Carolina Central, man, my first time going to Durham, North Carolina, period, was when I pulled up my first day on campus.
1: Okay. Oh. And...
0: I had never seen the school. I had never heard of the school. I'd never been. I never, and then I didn't even pull up on campus. I pulled up at a hotel. Like I didn't even, I didn't even stay on campus. My first, first half of the first semester, I was staying in a hotel. Um, Shit, I think I may have stayed in a hotel almost a whole semester. So um, for me, it was just dope just to see all the black faces and black faculty and you know, just you know, obviously the school wasn't as big as you know, predominantly white institution, and you know, we were lackluster in a few things, but it was freedom for me, man, and and it felt like a different world. You know, it, it felt like I was. It looked like it too. World, yeah, like you know, you had your you know your sororities and, and your fraternities, and you know, we had Chicken Day in the calf on Wednesday with a DJ playing. <laughs> and it was like a for fashion sure. show, you know. So. Yeah, it, it, it,
2: you had, was, Bonnage,
0: you had yeah, your Lisa you had your Whitley's. Yeah, you had your Lisa Bonet's, your Whitley's, you had it all, then, you, then it, was, it was tight-knit, you know what I mean? Like, there was a good chance that, you know, if you see a girl you like, you was gonna run into her again very, very, very soon, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right. it wasn't gonna be too long before you ran into her again, so um, it was everything for me. I mean, going to an HBCU changed my life, obviously. Without that, there's no little brother, so um, it, it meant everything to me, and it's dope seeing, um, Some of these players, basketball players especially, you know, obviously uh, Maker Maker committing to Howard. Then you have Mikey Williams, um, you know, another top player who's thinking about an HBCU, LeBron's son thinking about an HBCU. I know uh, North Carolina Central offered him already. Um, So, you know, it's dope to see these kids, you know, starting to realize where the power really lies. And the power lies in them. You know you are the commodity yes, you are the product you are the attraction without you the mother of big programs don't exist and so it doesn't matter where you go like you can go to an hbcu you can go overseas you can go wherever if you got the game they're going to come and find you and, and i think that these kids are starting to realize that and they and they want to be able to go and be around people that look like them and people that understand them and people that, you know, they don't have to, you know, conform or, or, or whatever. And, and so I, I just think it's, it's real dope to see. Because uh, I'm gonna be honest, I never thought I'd see it in my lifetime where these top players are, you know, looking at these HBCUs as an option, you know, especially these HBCUs that are their um. D1, you know, Yeah, I, I understood when a lot of them were D2, but they're D1 now, they're going to the tournament too. So yeah. just to see these schools get these looks, man, I think is awesome. And, and you know, I, I'll definitely be happy when more kids choose these schools because that's where the money gonna go. So yeah. the more y'all go to these HBCUs, the more money these HBCUs are gonna start churning out. Facilities oh, are gonna get TV? better. Yeah, TV gonna get better, all of that. You know, like I said, man, if you got, the cream always rise to the top. No matter if we talk talking music, we're talking sports, whatever. So if you're a top talent, you can go where you want to go. They're going to follow you. It's that simple. It's that simple.
2: So It's kind of like being independent in music a little bit. Like, you know, like following the machine and, you know, signing to a label sometimes can can give you some of that, um, you know, push. But there's there's nothing like being on a campus like that. Like, you won't ever have that experience again. Like,
0: nah, like, again, man, like, like, like there's
2: like you can't replicate that, there's nothing you can't, man. Yeah. You can't, like,
0: <laughs> you know, I, I just look at it like, you know, just think of like, um, you know, Bronny, right, or Mikey Williams, and, and they go to you know, one of these HBCUs, it, it doesn't even matter which one, and they the first day they step on campus, they the king,
2: yeah, yeah.
0: And, and, it's, and it's like because most of these schools Football is everything right. Like you step on the HBCU campus You're the king
2: yeah. Day
0: one to your God Like <laughs> you are the king Everything yeah. the world is yours And and it's different Like it's it's, it's going to feel It's going to look different than it would At a predominantly white institution Because it's, it's us Because yeah. it's us And, and, and everything is going to be geared and catered Towards you and and like I said, man, I, I I just I hope that these, you know, some more kids make the decision. Like, we don't know if Maker Maker is going to even right. end up playing for Howard, especially what's going on with the pandemic. But I just think it's, a, it's, it's dope that these these schools are even making kids top five. Right. Like, and, and, and they're serious about it. Like, it's not a threat. It's not for look. Like, they're serious about it. So, yeah. I think it's super dope.
1: And you only need a couple like, top like McDonald's talent to really make shit happen in a, in the tournament, the way the way that the talent is spread out in college now,
2: you only need you, one. Yeah,
1: yeah <laughs> you you you, yeah, you get you get a Carmelo Anthony, or you get you get like Carmelo when he's with Syracuse, and you if you throw him and you get like one like kind of half decent dude, you can make a
0: run. Yeah, man, you, you get mean. one. Look at one, John Moran. Look yeah, at John Moran. you get one. Yeah. One three star blue. Or Steph, Steph
1: when he was rolling.
0: Yeah, like look at Steph. You get one three star talent that has the work ethic in the want and the will, and your program is out of here. Yeah. Like is I watch I watched my school central go to the tournament a few years in in a row. And the problem we always had was we played great as a team, but we didn't have that one talent that really could stand out above the rest, that could really take over a game and that killed us every time we got to the big dance is we couldn't get over the hump and win a game, you know, just one game. And I just, I think like if they, if you get one of them talents, man, you get one of them three-star talents. I don't even know why three stars, (laughs) <laughs> don't choose HBCUs. Right. Like, if you yeah. go to a school to be a 60 And six they can be dad, the man in the streets. Yeah, you can go to one of these HBCUs as a three-star and you the biggest thing that stepped on the yard. Like, man, yeah. you can take over. And I,
2: I don't understand that. They, they just don't know. but They don't know.
0: Yeah. They, they, they don't know. I mean, you, we all get swept up by the glitz and the glamour. Or, you know, mm. you go to... Go to yeah, some big of schools th- throw it on, like you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, you go to your it, it's big school, like like Vaughn said though. It's like when the when the labels come and
1: they they be they be showing you all the facilities and <laughs> uh, you can have all of this and look at our eighty eight track studio and you know Man. when we when, when you could be independent and get you know eight out of your ten dollars you know off, off your music and it's just it's a different it's a different vibe.
0: But, yeah, you, you you get blinded, you get blinded by the light. Well, but, but, well,
1: you guys, you guys had some experience with that. I mean, you know, you started, you know, with the listening, and then, and then went into the the um the minstrel show, uh, with Atlantic, right?
0: Yeah, um, with Atlantic.
1: And so, I mean, it was it was a I, it was a difference. Obviously, you know, you're, you're independent, and then you get the major label. Did it did it kind of feel like being at like like uh like one of the the big like an ACC school versus being at like like state? It was that the kind of difference?
0: Man, that shit was like being at an ACC school and uh, uh, going to Atlantic was like being at an ACC school. Coming from ABB Records, ABB Records was like a D three school, bro. Like, no, well, I ain't gonna disrespect them that hard. They was like a D two school. <laughs> uh, they ain't had no facilities. <laughs> like, he they was the
1: facilities. The they
0: rolled the ball <laughs> out and you go play. Yeah. Um, I think for us, man, it was definitely a different time. Obviously, this was pre. This predates um, True. streaming. True. This, yeah. this. I mean, this is the beginning of Limewire, Napster. This is the. This is the beginning of the the MP3 revolution. You know what I mean? So you know, you still had to go to a store. And buy records, yeah. you know, when we first came out. So for us, it was it was different, man. It was um we saw um, you know, we went from thinking of, you know, putting the first album together and saying we're gonna sell this in this in Durham, in the city, out the trunk of the car to end up getting a deal with a label out of Oakland who wanted to do the whole album. So that was distribution. We knew our stuff was going to be everywhere. Um, who who was going to turn that down when that's all you ever wanted was for your music to be everywhere? And then you know we started getting courted by the labels where we really wanted to go was Jive. Um, Chris Lighty, rest in peace, was still at Jive. Obviously, that's where Tribe was. That's where Eclipse was. That's where some of our favorite artists were. So UGK and Chris Lighty was over there, yeah, UGK, and, and and so we knew Chris Lighty knew what he was doing. And that's where we really wanted to go. But at the end of the day, it wasn't our choice. It wasn't our decision. And we ended up at Atlantic because one of the reasons we ended up at Atlantic was they agreed to allow um, ABB Records to maintain vinyl rights. And that was big for him because that's where he really got his, his jump off was vinyl. So they allowed him to maintain the vinyl rights. So that's where he wanted to go. And, you know, we, we did what we did when we went over there, man. It was just... I think we kind of, you know, we got caught in a couple transitions. transitions. Um, the first transition was Atlantic itself was transitioning. That's when the Def Jam takeover was happening. Leo Cohen, Kevin Lyles, Julie were all of them was coming over from the Def Jam system. So we got caught up in the middle of that. And then, you know, they didn't really know what to do with us as an act because they had T.I., they had Fat Joe, they had Juvenile these are the artists they were used to marketing and then you got this group that come in that's none of that and they don't know how to you know quanta how to quantify that at the end of the day and um you know something i remember ninth he said in an interview um that we had in one of our interviews for one of the shorts we put out um he said my bad somebody called me uh <laughs> He said that um he said that he went and talked to Julie Greenwald, you know, a few years ago and she was just telling him how when we was at Atlantic, they had one person, one dedicated person for online. Now they have two hundred and something people. <laughs> you know. So and that's that's kind of where for us that we were like at the beginning of the, the online, you know, revolution and in terms we just of music for sure. Yeah, in terms of music and, and they just didn't know how to how to market that. And um and so it, it was just a lot, you know. I mean, even you know, on our end, just the way we carried it when we got there, because part of the thing that we, we was adamant about was we're gonna make sure that why people fell in love with us in the first place, they're gonna still love us for, and that's the music. So we were very bullish about um who we let take part in the creative process um you know we still did that record on our own <laughs> right. like you yeah. know we we didn't we didn't have them participate they were trying to get us to record on certain beats and knives and we was like nah well, we they ain't picked that beat so we ain't recording on it so we were very bullish in that and we didn't allow anybody to really be or feel like they were a part of the process and when you know at a major label if don't nobody feel like they have real skin in the game they're not gonna work for you Right. And um and that kind of that kind of happened to us there as well so but it was definitely a big difference man it was like going from D2 small D2 school in New Jersey to going to you know UNC Chapel Hill and gotcha. it, was, it was it was definitely a big difference
1: were there ever any things that that they suggested that you feel like looking at it now like maybe maybe we could have used that or maybe we could have got that feature or something like that. Were there any things that, that you could talk about that they, that they might have suggested that, that you looking at now might have worked for you guys?
0: Nah, I think the biggest thing for us was, I say this all the time, I think one of the biggest things for us, we didn't, we didn't allow them to treat us like stars. We made everything easy um and and looking back on it if you don't you you gotta you gotta teach people how to treat you and we didn't teach them to treat us like they were treating any other artists that came through the building um Gosh. we can't we came through the building and it was all good it was all love oh we ain't got this together oh man it's all good uh we gonna we can't put y'all in this hotel we gotta put y'all here all here oh it's all good um y'all gonna get something oh man we just order pizza make it easy like it was nothing about us that said star. <laughs> I mean, in our actions, you know, because all we cared about was the music. We just wanted the A1 music. And um, I think the only thing they wanted that we wouldn't do was, I know it was like a particular knife joint um, Craig Coleman wanted us to uh, do work on and we was like, nah, like we, we good. We got what we want. We don't want to don't want to use that and then i know they wanted us to replace um what's his name mike karen uh this is when trey songs was first coming out and he wanted us to replace darian on a song or two with uh trey and we were just like nah like i mean Trey <laughs> sound dope but you know this is we signed this is our artist that we signed so we not taking him off no record to put trey on the record and, you know, just that, and, and thinking back on it, it's like, damn, man, we could have put Trey on the record. You know what I mean? Like, but, you know, we were just real, like I said, we were just real adamant about showing people that, even though we went to a major label, that we we didn't change. Our sound didn't change. And, and I think we, and it was so funny, because when we got to get back, and at first, you know, when we were doing the mystery show, it was like, damn, Knife got everything, like y'all don't. Y'all didn't go outside The camp for one He was like Nah He in the group Right And then when we got To get back And he wasn't in the group Anymore Before it was Officially announced And we went to play You know What we had at the time of get back At Atlantic And they heard the record And he only had one on there And they was like Oh Knife on got back. He <laughs> was like He was like Yo how, You can't have it both ways First y'all was complaining We had too much knife Now we Don't have enough knife Like and and they and you know it was it was a little thing about it i mean which didn't matter at the end of the day because we were off there before that record even came out but you know it was i I, you know like i said just looking back man it was it was a few things i think we could have done differently i think we all can acknowledge we could have done differently and and i'm pretty sure some things they probably felt they could have done differently but you know it worked out the way it worked out Yeah.
2: Uh, yeah, yeah. Recently had a, a conversation with Toré Shakhtor, uh, and yeah, that's one uh, of our guys. One of our guys, and you—you you basically, I mean, if anybody wants to hear the biography of of, of rapper Big Pooh, that that definitely can go on there, uh, as at least a couple chapters there. I mean, you guys touched everything as far as um, you know, just behind the scenes things, the people, things that people have always wanted to know. Um, So salute to you for kind of just getting out here and and sharing because I know in these times it's not um, people are looking to have these conversations with you and, and, you know, take your time to to find out these things. But sometimes it's it's not the most easy thing, most easy thing to to rehash these things. And you want to, you know, be respectful of of everybody. But, you know, I I have to say that that was a that was a great conversation you had with him. And I learned a lot, um, including just some of the things that you're doing. Um, as far as like on the management tip with uh, with Big Doe. Um mm-hmm. can you talk to us a little bit about that? Uh, one of one of the artists that we've been um kind of championing uh for a while now is Luke. And um yes, sir. You know, uh, some of the records that he's been putting out, man, in, in the past eighteen months uh have, have just been incredible, man. Can you talk to us about uh, just the management situation and and um how you got started with that and you know Gold. that <laughs> Uh, yeah, first, thank y'all, man. Thank y'all for listening. Um, yeah, I, you
0: know, Doe told me early in my um rap career that he always thought that, um, felt that if I really put my mind to it, like I could be a, a, a good manager. And, um, and I heard what he was saying, but I, I was focused on trying to prove to people that I was nice. So I, I was like, ah, whatever, man. I ain't thinking about that right now. But, um, as time went by, and I just saw more and more young guys coming asking for advice or mentorship. Um I just I started seeing what Doe saw. And uh a thing for me always was to try to put a young guy on, like share my platform with a young guy or two just so, you know, I can shine light on them. Um and uh you know, it, it's so crazy. Uh I remember when um Cash from TD, he hit me. It was uh, Dave Free, who was there at the time, and um, he hit me about doing a J-Rock joint. So he hit me about J-Rock. And uh, I agreed, and um, eventually me and Doe ended up going to L.A. And I became more interested with Abso and Kendrick. And, you know, ended up building a relationship with all them guys and ended up putting Kendrick on the record um, when he was still K-Dot uh ab Soul on the record before people knew who he was and i always love doing stuff like that because you know i tell people like i don't have to find talent talent ends up finding me and so how i really got into it um i helped uh cat he go by Mez. he was king when you go by Mez now but yeah. uh from raleigh and uh i helped um get him uh uh a shot at going to um, some studio sessions for Dre, and you know he went in there and did what I felt you know he could do, and uh, ended up subsequently writing you know on 13 out of the 16 tracks on uh, Dre's last record, Compton. And uh, my thing was I just I wanted to manage, you know, I wanted to wanted to help guide his career, and that didn't work out. But I had my eye on Loop at the same time. Um, introduced to him through my man DJ D uh the mighty DJ DR. We had just did a project together, um Fat Boy Fresh Volume 3. Yeah. And so I ended up getting with Luke and he had management at the time and I tried to work with her and it just it wasn't going to work out to, you know, how I wanted it to. So I kind of stepped back and he came to me and was like, "Yo man, I'm thinking about making the change." And I told him. I said, "Listen, um you know, had a conversation with her, you know, face to face. Be a man about it, and um, after you had a conversation, let me know, and we'll see what it is. So eventually, he ended up having a convo, and um, then me and him talked more about, you know, what he wanted to do and what we was going to do. And we ended up inking a deal, an agreement, for me to come on and manage him. And right after we did that, I guess he told Cole, because he had already had a relationship with Cole. We had already been talking to J. Cole.
2: Yeah.
0: And right after he told him that, told J. Cole, J. Cole told him like, yo, uh, give me, give me your lawyer's info. I want to, um, send you some paperwork. So Cole was ready to do the deal with him. He was, I think Cole was just waiting for him to change management. So, um, so that, you know, that kind of put us, you know, we was gone hundred miles an hour from the giddy up. And then from there I ended up, uh, also picking up black soul, a uh, men, black soul. We've had a working relationship since 2011, and um, ended up coming on to help him. And then also, who called me during the middle of this interview, uh, another young guy, <laughs> T. Smith, um, out of Selma, Alabama. Um, he ended up, he, interesting story, he hit, um, he emailed Luke for a feature. And I it's just, my gut always tell me when to respond to people and when not to. And it's just something, it was about the way his approach that I was like, man, I mean, you ain't gonna get no verse from Luke, but let me let me help you how to really approach this. You know, when you send emails out, let me let me tell you how to do it, show you how to do it. And while I was doing that, Big Doe ended up going to um, Pete because we all we have the same email that we share. Big Doe ended up going to peep his records, and he hit me back and was like, "Yo, you need to go peep his stuff." Yo, <laughs> he he nice. So I went and peeped it, and I was like, "Yo, he he got some." And um, so I, I was dealing with him for a little bit, but I didn't feel he was ready, um, personally, like on a personal level. So I kind of was ignoring him, like putting him to the side. And I tell people, anybody like for a whole year, he never let me forget him. He was very persistent. He would not go away. Like, like no bro, you're gonna, you're gonna deal with me. You're gonna <laughs> fuck with me. And so, you know, after the year was up <laughs> and I was like, okay, he's not going away. You know, we ended up talking again, and I ended up taking them on as a client. But um for me, man, I just, I just, I just like working with guys that I really believe in. Like, it's not even a, a super money play for me. Like, you know, it's it's a million dudes I can go out there just to try to make a quick buck. But these are guys that I really, 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 really believe in wholeheartedly, and I believe that they all have the ability to be much more, much greater than. You know reach heights much greater than i ever reached in my career and and so i just want to see them do that and so you know it's it's a, it's definitely a lot it was a learning curve for me uh it's like going from playing to coaching directly uh you don't affect the game the same way uh yeah. so you know it, it was it was real you know a lot of changes and i think though i think though for you know he's he's my partner in the management business but um, when Little Brother came back on the scene, I definitely thank him because he picked up a lot of the a lot of the weight and um, allowed me, even to this day, just really allowed me to focus on helping them in the music department. That's my lane. That's my forte. That's my expertise. And he really takes a lot of pressure off me and just allowed me to get into the studio and work with these guys and, and do that necessary work. And um, that's kind of where my heart is, man. I, I definitely think I'm more a r than I am manager. Um, i I'll be the first to tell anybody that uh, but these guys these are my first guys, man and yeah, this is I, I gotta see them all win. I gotta see them all do something more than what they probably thought they could do before I relinquish that duty as manager to somebody else
1: so how how, how does you you coming in from being an MC, how does that help in the the process of being a manager? like you said it's like being a player then going to be a coach. For a lot of guys that's a hard transition you know um so how, how to what's the what's the pluses of being in that position into now being a manager
0: i think just experience as an artist um I, I'm, I'm able to bring that experience over to the other side where a lot of people you know they might not be able to do that like you know they, they can't they can go sit in the studio with somebody but they can't tell them how to put a song together um, they may just have good contacts or they may just be excellent at business, but I come from the creative background, the artist background. So it works to my benefit because I understand the artist's mind and, and it's been plenty of times, you know, I done had to hit dough like, Hey, chill, chill. Let me, let me, let me work on this right. a little bit. Cause I, I, I understand, you know, artist mentality and, 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 and I just think that just that coupled with my experience that I that I have because I have experience on the indie level, experience on the major label, experience as a group artist, experience as a solo artist, experience as a ghostwriter. You know, I, I have all these different experiences, so I'm able to bring that to the table when it's time or when it's necessary. And I think that they appreciate the fact that, you know, they have somebody like me in their corner that don't try to interfere with their creative process um because even though i'm a creative i let them do what they do i just come in when it's time to put put the polish on it you know what i mean like yeah, yeah. i let them go build it i come in to paint and put the polish on so i think they appreciate the fact that i don't try to you know interfere in their process but they also can call me with any kind of question and and i'm able to to, to shed some type of light on it or give them some type of advice And that's that's how I had to kind of adjust it. Like I had to, I had to learn what type of manager I was going to be in the process. Because you don't know, you have an idea, you think it's just like being a parent. Like you think you know what type of parent you're going to be when you have a kid, but do you really know what type of parent you're going to be until you have that kid (laughs) and you go through that process and then you realize, okay, so I'm going to be this type of parent. Like, Uh and and, and that's it's the same thing with management. Like I had to kind of really go through it for a little while to realize what type of manager i i, I was going to be and that's when i really realized i'm more a r guy than i am manager luckily i have a partner that's big on the management side so he's <laughs> there to help and pick up a lot of the slack but um you know it's just, like i said it was just a process man you just got to go through it you got to embrace the challenge the difference and you know, fortunately for me, if I still wanna be creative, I can always go turn my computer and mic on and do what I wanna do.
1: Yeah. Artists need A and Rs, man. That's that's a lost that's a lost art in, in music today. So they need real A&Rs. To you. ARs. Yeah, yeah they that's
0: need what I'm ta- That's not, what I'm talking about. Yeah, not not people sitting behind computers crunching numbers, you know what I mean? Like Yeah, yeah. I, I, I get in the paint, you know, I don't care about the numbers. I get in the paint <laughs> and, and and we gonna oh, do what we do. Oh no, cause you do it for real. Cause uh w-
1: oh, don't think we not gonna talk about uh some of the some of the some of the work. Um, ladies and gentlemen, this is Tissue and the Tate. Uh I am Phil Mad 365 with my brother Davis backwards, and we are with rapper Big Pooh, keyword rapper. And um, yeah, man, uh Home Sweet Home, man. Uh you you and Knots, man. First of all, how did you find Knots? 'Cause cause I'm cause, cause hold on, cause I'm 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 from Philly originally, but I'm I am located right now. I'm talking to you from Virginia Beach. Wow. I, I is right here. I I've, I've seen them. 'em I've been here what? Vi how long how long I've been in here? Twenty years? I've seen that's like three times.
2: <laughs> <laughs> like like, wow. like three
1: times ever. We they'd be like, Not in the house. You'd be like, Yeah. i like, yep. So like first of all, how did you find Knott's? Like, cause he's one of he's one of the best. Like, for those that don't know who Knott's is, shame on you, first of all. Um, second of all, check any of your favorite artists. He's worked with them all. So from Jay the Buster, you know, all the way Mickey Facts, Torrey, uh, whoever you want to think about Knots has work with. Them. Um, and he's been quietly uh building uh, a resume that's you know you know, Hall of Fame worthy, and you had the
0: pleasure of doing a a, a full length uh project with him. So kind of talk about home sweet home. Yeah, that was actually an idea that we that we hatched um to do a project together. Me me and his manager Daryl back in 06, maybe. Um so like I I I think we was we was before we started working on get back. Um, I ended up going to, uh, going to Virginia, like, cause we, we had met Knots and Daryl, I think in Miami or somewhere weird. And they was like, yo, open invitation, man. Come, come down to VA or come up to VA. Come, come fuck with us. And I just, I took that invitation and, um, uh, me, Joe Scudder and my dude, um, my, my guy Jock, you know, my brother Jock, we, um, we hopped in the car and we went up here one weekend and it was just it was love like it, you know whatever you want whatever you need you got it and we just formed a working relationship from there that's how we me and Tate ended up going back for um for get back yeah. get your joints for get back and um we just started building a relationship man like i said that idea was hatched back in 06 when i first went up there between me and his manager it just never quite worked out like every time it was always something you know, I had him on different projects but it just it just never quite worked out and then finally um what happened he came down here He came out of North Carolina for a, a B society or something and um I wasn't even gonna go that's the crazy thing like I had just I had just been allowed outside from, <laughs> I had a I had a blood clot at the beginning of the year Yo, and yeah, so I, I was you talking yeah about that. I was basically in the house for almost two months, so I was, you know, finally allowed outside, and I just wanted to go holler at my man Dr because he was in the joint and didn't catch n'ot. So I went to the uh, to the sound check because I was like, man, I'm just gonna come in and 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 catch them real quick, and then I'm gonna go home. I'm gonna go walk on the treadmill, and I'm I'm done. And uh, my wife was like, nah, like you should go back, go out, go go kick it. So me and my um. You know, one of my DJs, DJ Skills, we went. And, and two things happened that night, actually, which led to the album. Okay. Um, me and not had a couple songs we recorded previously, but I wasn't going to do anything with them. So I'm in the building, and um, I hear somebody calling my name. And I turn around, and it's this cat. It's this cat, His name Rich. And I realized he had been emailing me for like a couple weeks trying to link up. When he heard I was living in Charlotte, and I kept ignoring him, you know what I'm saying? I was <laughs> stalling him out, and so I, I mean, we in person now, so I can't run. So you know, I end up meeting him and this partner Will, and we talk, and he's like, "Yo, man, you should come back to the to the studio. Knots coming to the studio." I was like, "Oh, you know Knots?" He's like, "Yeah, man, I'm from VA, man. Like I, you know, I was up there. I know, you know, well, not from VA, but I lived in VA. So he was like, "I was up there. I know Knots or whatever." And I was like, oh all right, yeah, 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 yeah. I come through. I come through, still undecided, but I was like, I'll go. The second thing, Knots ended up playing this beat that I heard that during the night, and I was like, yo, I need that. And I went over to his manager, like, yo, Daryl, I gotta have that. He said, Yo, tell Knots, man, you family, whatever you want, we we'll give it to you. And so I was like, okay. I was like, you know, I, I gotta have it. So I was like, hmm. So I asked Knox, and then Knox said, yo, uh, this cat, Rich, said uh, you coming to the studio. You going? He was, I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm going over there. You going? I was like, I guess I'm going to pull up. So me and my DJ, we, we in separate cars. We end up getting the directions and going, and we end up in the back of this cul-de-sac with these houses. And my D, my DJ called me like, hey, man, uh, <laughs> it don't look like no studio over here. I was like, bro, like, listen, I'm with you. <laughs> and uh, Rich sees me in the cul-de-sac and comes out the house was like, nah, the studio in here, this is it's a studio house. So me and my DJ go in there and it's full of people, knots in there, crisis in there, couple other people, and and I'm hearing the music pumping and they basically took this house in the end of the cul-de-sac, they took the second biggest bedroom and made that a control room, took the smallest room and made that the, the booth and, and they cut a hole out of the wall and put the plexiglass in, Wow. So You can see through, oh, shit. and <laughs> and then his his cousin, who basically ran the studio, he basically had the main bedroom that he kept locked. But he, he a traveling musician, so he was hardly home. And it was it was a studio house, and he was like, oh. And me and Knots that night ended up recording With all them people in the house and everything. We ended up recording what be, what became Preach. Oh, that's okay. that's the joint, and well, the we, you heard
1: it was like, I need that.
0: I need that. And we recorded that joint that night. We ended up getting so the person doing the uh the preacher voice, that's Vito from the Hamilton's Oh wow. Uh Anthony Hamilton, uh yeah, yeah. So Vito was working with my guy Rich at the time. Like they was working on the R and B album for him, and he was singing background for Anthony Hamilton, obviously Hamilton's So that's him who's doing that. But uh we we started we re- we recorded the song and while we were sitting in there i said yo nice man let's let's go ahead and do this project for real like we don't talked about it we don't talked about it let's do it for real i think i got a home for it and he was like word i was like yeah cuz i was in negotiations at the time with mellow music um to do project and so i ended up bringing that project along for the ride but um like i said it, it was a long time coming man we we Plotted on that since 06, finally made it happen, you know, because of that faithful day where we was all there together and linked in the studio that night. Ended up coming out with a project. Me and Rich done formed a marvelous working relationship. You like a mentor to me, been in the game for a while. And, um, you know, his guy Will, his under, you know, guy he was training ended up becoming uh, my engineer for a while now. He's Luke's engineer and producer. uh So he did. He produced uh, GED, uh, one of the producers for GED for him, for the single. Yeah, so man. you know, it, we we just keep it moving. You know, family atmosphere and but that was how that knots album actually came
2: came and came to be. Yeah, man. And that's crazy that that all that happened from that from that night and whatnot. Wow. That's
1: man. Listen to your wife, man. uh um, yeah. This M- yeah. rapper, uh if she didn't get you out the house, man, we don't get home
0: sweet home. We don't get it. We don't get it. Like that. That her her making me get out the house is the reason why that that album ended up even happening. That's amazing.
2: Finally,
1: that's, that's dope. <laughs> yeah. So so you said you came up the VA at, at one point. Did, did you or did you not uh, go to Feather and Finch? Is is my question.
0: Uh I think I went one time. I, I think I went one time. Uh like no because like normally, like real talk, when I when I came up, um, I would go to the studio. I think I recorded up there a couple times, but for the most part, I was just there getting beat. Um, like Home Sweet Home, I think I recorded two tracks in Virginia, but everything else I recorded in North Carolina and I put together. Like I I just ended up sending knots the project like yo can you mix it this is it um but i think one of the times i came up there i ended up going to feather and fit he said something about it and i ended up going over it.
1: oh you, yeah, you gotta go just, man it's like a rite of passage man yeah
2: it's a must.
1: it's got to man shout out to the white and orange cups
0: man
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yo sure. push, hat, push hat uh feather and Fin at his wedding yo
0: that's <laughs> hey man when it's a staple it's a staple you know yeah I yeah gotta,
2: yeah. gotta do it gotta do it um uh, speaking of staples, man, um, one one of the things that we that we know about you, uh, as far as like you said, going down and, and now basically being uh, not a native, but now being somewhat of a transplant to that area, man, and um, coming from the DMV area, uh, there there's our own. There, you guys have your own type of uh, slang and language and things like that. Oh, uh, was, was there a barrier? Uh, when you when you went to school and you were with the guys that were with that were from North Carolina, um, and you were coming with your slang as far as when you were um composing your rhymes and stuff, were there things that you were saying in your rhymes that they didn't quite um understand at first that they had to, that you had to translate for them or was it something that they kind of got?
0: Nah, I mean well first I didn't talk with heavy, you know, the heavy D M V slang. Okay. Um, I, I said a couple things, but I wasn't real heavy with it. But You know, they were they were probably just as fluent in as I was because a lot of cats from the DMV area came down to North Carolina Central. It was a big population of cats from D.C., Maryland and Northern Virginia there. So, you know, by the time I was the youngest. So by the time I got there and, you know, I put, you know, Slim or Joe or any of that and, you know, you know, one of my one of my joints or cranking or whatever, they knew what it was because they had heard it. They yeah, heard it right, you know, already from from the cats that you know from the area. So, uh, but I never, I never went heavy, you know. Like I, I don't, I didn't talk heavily like that, and I didn't go heavy in my raps. Um, went
1: light on the mumbo sauce.
0: Yeah, 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 I went. I went light on the, <laughs> went light on the, light on the slang. You know what I mean? Just to, I think more than anything, people always wonder where I was from because. Even after I had been in North Carolina for a while, I didn't talk like I was from North Carolina, but I didn't really talk like I was from Northern Virginia. It was like a weird mixture, and they was like, "Man, wh- where are you from?" Because we can't we can't figure it out.
2: Yeah.
0: So that that yeah, that's like, kind of like, always- like when
1: you hear knife, when you hear when you hear Fonte, you know they from like North. You know you you hear the North Carolina in in the words, especially knife, and then so like, but when you when you hear you you you, you do kind of be like. And, and so, like, I, I I know I didn't know I just, I just you know I just just like uh, he got to be he from somewhere around you know in in one of these three states
2: <laughs> yeah you know yeah but, um, I, I remember the first time uh, you know we went to Hampton University it's a lot of uh, guys from from DC and um, one of the guys on on my floor was like man yo for my birthday man I got Jai Smack man these youngers start wrecking and I was like. Man. what? <laughs> what? I was like, I was like, you got smacked on your birthday, and I kind of got kind of understood what he meant by wrecking. I was like, and the fight broke out. He was like, no, 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 man. He was like, I like, I got smacked as far as like, yo, we, you know, with the libations and you know, in the drink, you know, in the smoke, libations, <laughs> <laughs> and the smoke, man, you know, yeah, you know, cats got the fighting, so um, it's always interesting just to just see all the different, um, you know, vernacular and all that, but, yeah, man.
1: When you get you get your uh you get your award tour slang like that first couple weeks. Yeah. And you start you start picking up on words. And then some of it like thanks to the music, like you were saying earlier, you we knew some of it because of the because of the music. So you yeah, right. we knew what certain stuff meant and you know, you you knew how to move with certain words because of the music. But it, it's always funny when you when you hear stuff for the first time, like you know, like being from Philly and I'll be like, yo, this joint and that joint and people be like uh, a John? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like
0: people, people, from Philly hit you with the John, the the bull. are like what? Yeah. The, what? 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 Yeah. Like, nah, man, the bull over there. You know what I'm saying? You're like what? <laughs> like,
2: <laughs> For sure, yeah. man. Speaking of Philly, man, Phil, we would be remiss if we didn't uh, let who uh, know that we were in the building that faithful night. Yes, sir, That's, man. Gotta, we were at the TLA, man. I got I
1: got my pictures. Uh, uh the, the get back uh tour man, y'all y'all ripped that joint y'all down. Y'all ripped that man. joint
2: down, man. Yo, wow
1: that's, a, that's that's a sore subject in the house too because uh my wife was pregnant at the time and she could not attend and she she does not let me forget that I left her as uh right at the hotel. Yes. Because <laughs> <Sure. laughs>
2: yeah.
1: uh, cause, cause, I, cause, cause I we live in VA and we were up there. We came up there just for the show.
2: Wasn't it? Wasn't wow. it your baby shower?
1: Uh, it was the baby shower, and and me and my sister took her ticket. Yeah. And my yeah. My, my sister's a huge LB fan. Um what? She's gonna be, she's, gonna, she's gonna be super hyped that that we talking to y'all. Um. So. Um. So she. So. My wife, she was like, "Yeah, I'll, we had the ticket and everything." She was like, "I don't think I'm gonna be able to go," and, and I think she thought I was gonna be like, "You, you know, I'm gonna just stay here with you." I was like. it's the Wilson's even when I'm by myself (laughs) no but I was like I could not not be in there for that joint and I I still got some video it's some it's some granny like iPhone 4 video but I got some video from from that joint um but I got I know one one dope shot I got I got a picture of the TLA sign that says, uh, tonight, uh, little brother, um, yeah. in that joint, y'all, that was one of my favorite concerts, I got my little brother t-shirt, I ain't going to be that dude and actually wear the t-shirt while I'm talking to you, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I definitely got my little brother t-shirt that night, and um, she got a hoodie, my sister
2: yeah. did, and you know. Now y'all tore it down. though. y'all played one of my my favorite records, man. After the party, man, that, that's that's a top five OB uh, record for me. So. Oh, sure. uh, thank like, you, man. Yeah, that yeah. that was definitely
0: in the set set list yeah. for a little
2: while. Yeah, yeah y'all killed it. That. So
0: yeah.
1: fabulous, man. Like, like I got I, I gotta ask you because I I would be remiss if I didn't ask you whose idea was for for so fabulous for y'all to do all the different uh, MC voices.
0: Fonte. He, he does. <laughs> he does that. On a regular basis, and um, yeah, that's this guy. Like, like he, yeah, he, 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 uh, he can about impersonate almost any artist, and um, and that was his thing. He was like, "Yo, man, on this one, on this last verse, man, I think it'd be dope if we, you know, imitate, you know, a couple different cats or whatever." And I'm not good at that shit, man. And I was just like. <laughs> I I just you know I try my best and you know but it, it was definitely definitely his idea.
1: You know, though. Yeah, y'all hit the heavy DJ from self destruction. Now that, that's my part, you know, And then uh, the Dougie Fresh beatbox.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah y'all, y'all killed it though. Thank yeah. you, man. Thank you. A lot of fun. Uh, yeah, so as we just get into the, uh, the the end of this interview, man, once again, man, we want to definitely thank you for your time. But we, we want to know, man, like talking about touring and shows, man, wh- what is it? Obviously, we're definitely in a time where, you know, we, we don't know what's going to happen. Um, and I don't feel like um, Made a Laura Watch really got its time to shine as far as like, you know, live performances. Um, is that something that you still are, are going to put into the works once everything does open back up eventually? Um, I think right now, man, I
0: mean we definitely feel like we we you know, if we had to grade grade out this album process, we definitely feel it got it incomplete because we didn't, you know, we didn't get to finish hitting um you know, hitting the tour like we had set up. Yeah. It, it's so funny. We decided to take the winter off after um like right before Thanksgiving. And we was like, yo, we'll just, you know, reset and, and come back in the spring. And so we did uh, Philly, well, outside of Philly, we did Arnmore. Yep. And then we did uh, Baltimore. And I flew home and because uh, Luke was performing at halftime at a um, at a Hornets game. So I flew home so I could be there for that. And we were gearing up because we was going to be gone all of April and um, part of May. I was and so
1: to be at the Norva. Yeah, like, it's oh. supposed
0: to be, we had the North on deck, we had, Damn. you know, we had New York on deck, we had Boston, like, we had a lot of cities on deck, and um, so, and, and we were still adding, like, I was adding weekly, I was adding shows, and then the pandemic came, and it was just like, you know, we just decided after, like, two, three weeks, we just decided to shut everything down, because promoters were still trying to move, and -hmm. You know, postpone and and we was like, look, man, just shut everything down. We don't know when we're gonna be out of this thing. We don't know when torn is gonna be a value viable option again, and we don't know what it's gonna look like because it's it's gonna change. Excuse me. A lot of a lot of uh, independent promoters and gonna be gone. A lot of you know independent venues are gonna be gone. So you know we was just like, once torn is something that's a thing again then we'll we'll kind of figure out how to complete you know our mission and that's that's just it's been topic of conversation for us for the past few weeks just what can we do to when whenever that moment arrives what can we do to to uh go out and finish it in some of these cities because it's still a couple of our top cities we ain't get to like i said new york um uh houston toronto uh and then we didn't even do a proper show at the crib. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's still a lot of I might have to come of,
1: down there for that.
0: Yeah, it'll probably be stupid. Um yeah. and then we didn't get to go overseas because we were supposed to have done that in April. So it's still a lot that we we you know had to leave on the table because of the pandemic. So for us it's, it's just about how to how to crank that crank that car back up. Um, you know, the brand is reactivated. And and we still, you know, obviously pretty much, uh, you know, still pumping the vinyl. We still got a few pieces of that left, a few t-shirts left. And, you know, all we can really do at this moment is interviews, man. You know, people, you know, I just got hit the other day about a driving show in Anaheim. And I'm like, bro, ain't nobody getting on no plane right now to come perform for people. Sitting in the car (laughs) Like I was like The driving show Ain't the problem The problem is Getting to Anaheim
2: Bro Yeah you at least Gotta do it in Carolina First like for sure
0: (laughs) If I can't If I can't get there In in the safety And comfort of my car I'm not going Yeah Right now So Um Yeah like I said man It's just you know Definitely something We've started Talking about And thinking about We just We just don't know how We don't know when Um it's gonna be something again, and then when it is, whatever it is, we got to figure out what it looked like and then how we fit in to what the new new is. Well, 2021,
1: if if I if I can do math correct, that's a that's a uh, 15 year anniversary for the listening. So I'm just I'm just I'm just saying, if if if, if the skies is clear. I, I think we I think we need to uh get that LB on the road for uh for the listening um for the listening tour, Twenty
0: Twenty twenty one will be
1: fifteen years, right? Or eighteen? 18? Eighteen.
2: When I joined Yeah, oh four. It will it, be eighteen 04. years Damn, for the I'm old, yo.
0: Sixteen years for um Mr. Show and 14 years for get back.
1: 14 years to get back. Wow. Time flies. Yeah, My bad.
0: 13. 13. Because 20, no, 23, 23 would be 15.
2: Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. Man. Yeah. It's, it's, you guys would be crazy. able to figure it out. You know what I'm saying? yeah like, that's,
1: that's a it's a lot of material, man. They, yeah. They, and then y'all still got two of my favorite joints. I, I know they not technically a part of the catalog, the official catalog, but separate but equal in in Chitlin, Chitlin Circuit, uh the original one. Not the like, 1.5. Oh, the yo, I got the you. original one with take it down on there and all that. Yeah. And um, I see now and all that. Yo, those two joints, man. I was literally just listening listening to Chitlin' Circuit today, getting ready for this, and I was like, "Yeah, this this could have came out just as it is, and that joint would have been crazy." Like, did y'all Thank ever think know. about that making it like a uh, like a, a fi- I know like one point five was kind of like the commercial release, but it it ain't had the same. Was it was that like because of sample shit or
0: that was because of some of the track we couldn't use um some of the tracks on a commercial release version um like the i see now the original don't you have a man with drake the original um give it to you pete rock joint like all them joints we couldn't put on um we couldn't sell commercially so we decided to go in and just create some new records to replace the records we had to take off of the original version and then um separate but equal that project man, that was that was two mad two mad niggas, boy. I tell you. Um we 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 were just that that Yo, project dude. was 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 us being upset at you know how Atlantic worked. You know the album, the the the
1: Hot B T Digital
0: dirty? Yeah, the B T shit, the the you know how you know we always critically acclaimed but the numbers didn't matter. Like so you just had two pissed off individuals just going in and firing Shit up, like yeah. because we also knew that was our. chance to show Saints, people,
1: y'all got your way in.
0: That was our chance to show people that you know who didn't really listen that you know we 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 rap. You know, what I mean, like you know people confused because the sound was different from what they were getting on the commercial level. They confused that with. You know, they can't really rap. It's like, nah, we really do this. And that's kind of what Seven But Equal was for us. It it actually opened the eyes of a lot of cats, you know, to 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 who we were just from that project, you know, just hearing it. So
2: um, Gangsta and Grills,
0: man. Yeah, gangsta grills, man. That was that was you know, that was the brand, you know, they had yeah. Jeezy, they had Wayne, they had T I like, you know, classic, classic um gangster grill joints came out of that. So um, that was a crazy period of time man 06 at 06, 05, 06 you know between 04 to 06 yeah. to 07 bro that shit was that shit was crazy in little brother land and we put a lot we put out a lot of fucking music we was talking about that the other day just like how many projects in our like when you look at it, little brother was from technically 0102 to 2010 and in that short period of time them 7 8 years we released a lot of fucking music man sure a lot like, of good music a, lot, of a lot a lot of a lot of high quality yeah. music but it was a lot and um you know we did we did a lot in that in that short period of time but you know that's that was at the time that was our life we just man. we had keep our it, own keep studio it real.
1: Keep it real, Poo. Y'all birthed the genre, man. Y'all don't get the credit y'all deserve, but there's a there's a lot of dudes eating off the style that y'all that
0: y'all uh, fathered. We we didn't birth it. We just reminded people that it was a reliable genre, that it was a reliable option. You know, um the native tongues. You know, guys, well, they lie, tribe. They with, birthed it. That's D- the little
1: brother. Then fair yeah, enough. Yeah,
0: we we picked it
1: up. You, you know, reinstated it for we for, reinstated for, for. it.
0: Right, ah, right. Aside. We 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 reinstated it, so um, you know. So I, I definitely, you know, a lot of a lot of cats definitely looked at what we did, and um, if any, if if nothing else, they realized like, yo, I can be myself. I can be whatever version of myself I want to be and still make it, and that led to the Kendricks, the Drakes, the J. Coles, the you know, so forth and Mr. so forth the Wests, like, yeah, the the Kanyes, the Wale's like that led to to artists like that who went on to do it at, you know, big, big, big levels. And um, you know, we was we was just one of the first cats through that door again. And um when you first through the door, you don't really get the recognition that, you know, people that's gonna come after you are gonna get, you know, just like you know, we don't really recognize Kurt Flood in baseball, but he's the reason for free agency. You know what yeah, I mean? Sure. Like, All right. All right. like if it wasn't for Kurt Flood, you know, cats definitely be property you know what i mean yeah. like you want to have free will so you know I, I always look at it like that like you know we came through that door we came back through that door first and you know we definitely get respect and and, and admiration from you know all over but sure. as far as the people we never and we was also at the forefront of the internet era and That's at the nice. time yeah, at the time, you couldn't really quantify that audience. You couldn't see that audience. But now we know what it is like that's People live off of that. But at that time, you know, it was the beginning and they, the record labels were still fighting it. They ain't want it to be a thing. So um, we got caught up in that cycle as well. But, you know, I ain't complaining, man. 20, 20, what's this? This be 20, 20 years in, in this industry, man, or going on 20. I'm still here. You know, I done reinvented myself multiple times. Um, got some young guys now that's coming that, that hopefully gonna do some crazy big things and you know my name will still be ringing off in the background <laughs> like, you know I ain't gotta be in front of the camera I can be behind it you know the money is the money no matter where you get it you get yes, it
2: okay. and we appreciate you uh, rocking with us again man thank you for your time
0: brother no doubt man once again I, I, I appreciate y'all brothers working with me I had a had a crazy day when we supposed to do. I think on Friday it, it just. Oh, it's
1: all good, man.
0: Friday just turned into one of them. One of them days. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Absolutely, <laughs>
2: for sure. <laughs> well, well, once again, man, on behalf of everybody uh, that that rocks with us with tissue and the tape, man, salute to to you, rapper Big Poo, and man, we're looking forward to, to everything you got going on, man, now and in the future. Thank, Thank you. you, man. I appreciate it, man. Y'all, y'all be on the lookout, man. We
0: got we got some 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 more stuff from Luke coming up very soon, man. For you know, for for all the fans of, of my my little brother Luke, and um, you know, I think y'all really going. If y'all been digging with what we've been doing, y'all really gonna dig what we got coming yeah, next.
1: Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah, man. Uh, yeah, Luke is definitely somebody to watch for for those that that haven't been up on him. You know, you know, he has his bill affiliation, but he's see stepping out doing his own thing um, a little bit more. Got what's the new project?
0: Um, that where where can people find it? Uh, for Luke? yes. Or for me, oh, for Luke, Uh, well, he don't have a new project out yet. He, he we just put out two singles. Uh, yeah. GED, getting every dollar. That's any streaming service. And then we put out a single on the video for a song called Life. Uh, that's more really has to do with what's going on now. Um, you know the times we're in. It fits. It fits that. And so we put that single out. And then we working on um the new single now. Uh, we got that coming soon, hopefully. Okay. We we had to send it to get some get some other final touches. So um, you know, so we're working on that, working on Black Soul. Black Soul, he's featured on the Little Brother project. Uh picture this. Um he wrote and okay. hook on that. Um, you know, I had him working with Lute out in LA for three months, so they they turned out some re- very, 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 very dope records. So you're gonna hear him on Lute's project. Um He's on Shay he was, Noor. Yeah, he's yeah. on Shay Noor. He was on Crooked Eye and Joel joint. Yep. Yep. Uh and uh he's gonna be on this cat uh named Nana that's uh signed to RCA, uh his debut album. Nana was actually on Black Soul's project on a song called Act Out. So um, so Black Soul, they they did a little swap and he's gonna
2: be on his project.
1: Okay.
0: And
2: um, so you know, we working over here, man. We working. We appreciate it, man. Thank you so much again for your time, man, and we'll uh definitely be uh locking in with you soon. Yes, indeed, man. Y'all brothers, take it easy. Stay safe. Stay low.
0: And let them white people going out there and breathe up all that corona. That's <laughs> yes, what I
2: Blackness. All day. Blackness. <laughs> all right, cool, all right, man. Thank you, man. All right, man. Y'all have a good one. All right, you too. All right, peace. Peace. Yes, sir, Vodrick. Uh, yeah yes sir man uh once again thank you everybody for rocking out with us this is tissue and tape uh we just got finished speaking to rapper big Pooh. salute to you Philmatic for everything that you do to uh get these right back at you bro popping off uh we are uh man locked and loaded man and you know keeping it going for 2020 man you know uh salute to everybody that's been rocking with us all our guests that we've had this year you G's, jamel honesty Shay Noor, Substance 810 and now a Big Pool. salute to everybody. Man. Don't don't forget our guy Locksmith. Absolutely, man. We've been uh we've been we've been trying trying to get this thing going back again, man. So we can yeah, man. Uh, you know,
1: get the engine, get
2: the <laughs> Eddie say get the Evan Root cranking. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt, man. But um, you know, on on, on that note, man, Phil Maddox, take us out with the fader.
1: Man, you already know what it is, and you know what we do, man. We work for the money. We live for the love, we die for what we believe in. We let the white people get the corona. Blackness
0: <laughs>
2: respect Oh man. Yo <laughs> oh, man he holders. Respect he hold us, man. You don't do nothing else, man.
0: If you don't do
1: nothing
2: else. Y'all leave it at there, too. <laughs>
1: They do hip-hop better than you. Oh, this is fishy in the tape. Like that, daddy. Like that, baby.
0: This is back to the block. Before every rapper sold rocks. Before everybody needed rocks. And they watch, just watch. Now it's all about boardrooms and stocks. Words paint pictures, I'm an artist nonstop. Raw beats, raps, this is called hip hop. Only way I flop is belly first in a pool. People talk brand talk to appear cool Learn to follow rules, I'm a man first fool Get to school, talk it all up the business being shrewd No guidelines, you're an outline Food. Sharks in the water, this is what you wanna do? For me, this like breathing, blood in the veins Muscle on the bone, we are not the same I rap to make change, you rapping for the change Scraps and Cadillacs, go ahead and do your thing uh, over, over the globe, my bones I'm the flavor. Words are with the whistle. I'm the flavor. I'm the flavor. Words are with the whistle. I rap like no one out there can fuck with me. I'm the flavor. Over the global, my, my, my vocals be traveling the flavor. I'm the flavor. I'm the flavor. Words are with the whistle. I rap like no one out there can fuck with me. Gossip Sites is where you go to get your raps from. Forbes magazine aspire to be number one But no rapper gonna make it to that top layer you a nigga now was before you got here. Spent a her hard feelings. This is dope dealing. Enough rope for you to choke yourself. Easy killing. Call it hands free. Young and ask for me. I'm on the balcony, hands gripping the pump. See how being drunk off the ego will skew the mind limited view. A theater near you displays every dream till it seems that it's true. tell bro, they infiltrated the crew. They throw us in jail, operated like a zoo. I'm just Reminding you with things you already knew From that project concrete, the rose grew But we only see the weeds in our view Over the, the global, the we global we my we vocals be traveling tri- the way. flavor Words with the wisdom I'm the we flavor, I'm the, the flavor way. Words with the <laughs> wisdom I rap like no one out there can fuck with me I'm the, the flavor we <laughs> we Over the, the global, way. my vocals be traveling the flavor I'm the with the wisdom I rap like no one out there can fuck with me